Before we start today's episode of Zillennial Canon, we just wanted to let you know that there's a link in our description to some friends of the pod, including Adam's second podcast, Aggressively Okay, that he hosts with Joe, Back to Back, SeltzerCast, and a few others that we know you'll enjoy. Thanks for supporting us, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Everybody, welcome back to Beat Bobby Flay. This is Zillennial Canon. I'm Kira. Fellas, is it gay to cook? This is Adam. <laughs> that was better than mine. <laughs> All right, pack it up. I'm out of here. Um, yeah, yeah, so second installment of Decomber this week, and we have a guest if he'd like to introduce himself. What up, gamers? This is Ernest of <laughs> The We Bought a Mic podcast, making uh, my debut. Um, I think it's all led up to this, pretty much. <laughs> and I, I feel like at some point, I need to explain to your listeners why Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. And the answer will probably disappoint you. Um, but I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I think this movie is uh, a lot more... Um, nuance than people might expect from something like this. Um, so we'll we'll dive into it, but I am so excited to be here. Well, I I'm just really happy that me and Ernie we've known each other for like three years now, I think, and we've talked countless movies together on several different pods. We've talked. Uh, Wrinkle in Time, we've talked uh, Oscar winners, Cannes winners, uh, so many different movies, but I'm glad. I think it's just like Furious 7, the road drew us here to Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. This is the one that we had to get him on for, and I can't think of a better one, honestly. I just, I'm just excited to like be fully chaotic, because I, <laughs> when I'm hosting We Bought a Mic, I have yeah. to like keep ship straight. You're the straight you know, man on that show. You have to keep it running. You're the host. I, yeah, I have to like make sure that we stay on track and on topic and mm-hmm. that all of the recording stuff is working and we're not, you know, speaking into the void. Uh, but <laughs> I don't have to do that tonight. I get to just, you know, freak out on the on the the stovetops. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Max Keeble. Um, <laughs> so, Ernie, do you want to tell us what your memories are with this movie? Well, I honestly don't have the biggest memory of this particular movie, but this this movie is like right in the middle, or like right on the cusp of like the golden era of decoms. It's 2003, so it's two years before High School Musical. And this is when Disney Channel was, like, operating at maximum potential. So at any point when you would tune into Disney Channel, you were going to get a banger. And 
people are probably like thinking like why the fuck are they listen are they talking about Eddie's million dollar cook off when they could be talking about like Cadet Kelly or Oh, how I forgot Tattoo. about that one. We could have covered that. Alabar's Revenge. Smart House. <laughs> yeah. So I guess there's like more memorable movies from this era, but this one I think that when I remember the era it's the one that sticks out that's like oh yeah that was that was a that was a neat one that was an odd one and yeah. <laughs> and and it's the one that like kind of speaks the most to my kind of present adult self you know cuz when i when i think back and i and i i try to think about like okay full court miracle right like <laughs> right it's Jewish Max Keeble playing <laughs> basketball. That, that, you know, you can take what you want from that. But as an adult man, I've developed a, a true passion for cooking. And I know this about you. In, every in time I go to an Oscar party, your food is delicious every time I go. Yeah. And in the pandemic, I've been like cooking at home every day, baking banana breads and pies and whatnot so i think that there is a subconscious thing at play here the memory of my memory of my memory that this movie set me on a path to who i am today without ever realizing it <laughs> i i did not realize it was uh it struck such a deep thing in you ernie i'm i'm actually kind of i'm tearing up a little bit <laughs> listening to you talk about this movie <laughs> um my memories i guess uh i don't remember the first time i watched it but i think much like ernie it was definitely probably one that i watched more than once on like those um like those uh repeat viewings on disney channel like it was one that was frequently on for like i think at least until high school musical came out and was constantly on the airwaves this was one that was on a lot and i remember a lot of kids at school were always talking about it and we're like oh my god this is like the best one and it was just one that i always enjoyed because i think you know as a kid i mean this movie has a lot to say about like gender roles and like um just in general like things like that and i didn't think i realized as a kid but that's something i was drawn to like just deeper themes in my Disney Channel movies. I think, and I think the word you're thinking of, Adam, is cinema. Cinema, yeah. I <laughs> well, you know, I mean, Nolan says you can't have um cinema on a streaming service or on straight to TV, but um I think Eddie's million dollar cook-off would uh, beg to differ. <laughs> um <laughs> so um yeah, I I really loved this one as a kid. And I I've always like, you know, said I, I think this one is one of the better decoms. But the truth is, I've never rewatched it until this pod, because um, you know why would I? But uh, maybe I'll save my thoughts for later. But I'm really glad I revisited it. Actually, I think there's actually a lot to talk about with it. Genuinely, not even like as a meme. Like there's actually things to dissect in this movie. Um, so I'll pass to Kira, who I'm sure has a ton to say. Um, honestly, uh, I have never watched this movie before, and the only thing that I really knew about it was that Bobby Flay was in it. Um, oh, yeah, he is. 
And I'm a fan of Bobby Flay, so I was like, cool. <laughs> and I mean, Bobby Flay didn't disappoint in this movie. <laughs> no. So that's what I have to say about it. What's up with his voice? <laughs> is he doing like a voice or is that how he actually talks? That's how his voice actually is. Oh, okay. is it? And is it like a yeah, list? What's um, going on? <laughs> I don't know. I it, I think it was just kind of like a performative voice, and then it kind of like stuck with him. Hmm. Um, but that's how he's always always talked and everything. And I love him. He's great. He kind of looks like if an eighty year old man was like dressed up like an elf, and I like that. <laughs> I think it's cool. <laughs> now I'll say this: I I don't even know who Bobby Flay is outside of this movie. Like... Really. No, when people say Bobby Flay, I'm like, oh, the star of Betty's Million Dollar Cook-Off. <laughs> yeah. Something that's interesting. I don't know if I should go straight into it. I mean, if we want to just get into the movie, one of the weirdest things that I think um, about this is I feel like Bobby Flay is like, when you watch Food Network, he is like the like masculine, like, he like wears like t-shirts and he's like grilling and stuff like that. Like literally like his restaurants, like do you guys have like a Bobby's Burger Palace near you? I don't think so, do we? I always confuse um the there's like an Emerald Lagasse, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. uh at Universal Studios, and for some reason I always think that's Bobby Flay. And I'm like, oh no. I don't I don't know where Bobby Flay's restaurants are, but like in my mall, we randomly have a Bobby's Burger Palace and it's like a quick service like burger place. And it's like Bobby Flay like is like the dude on Food Network. Like it's weird that like this kid was like bullied for looking up to Bobby Flay. Like I feel like if they wanted to make like the actual like gender dynamics in the movie more like insanely extreme than they already were like they should have made him like a pastry chef or something like yeah i don't know like that was like off the top of my head that was like like he's literally like grilling hot dogs and they're like fuck you eddie (laughs) that's like one of the exact same thoughts i had because this movie like it doesn't draw a clean distinction between cooking and baking it kind of like just molds them together into like Yay, food stuff. <laughs> and there is a clear distinction. And in this uh, quarantine COVID times, I've developed a deep love for the great British Bake Off. Um, Me too, it I is, just started. It is one of the best shows on, right? It actually just wrapped up its new season. And that, when you watch that show, you understand very, very clearly what makes baking baking and and how you have to be so precise and measured um and detailed cooking you can kind of fuck around you know you can do whatever you want yeah um you can you know be creative be artistic baking is more scientific um and i think that this movie just kind of plays a little fast and loose with that yeah, and especially, like, it, not to focus on uh, the Great British Bake Off too much, but the thing that, like, always blows me away by that show is how, like, you have to, ha- like, they give you the most elaborate idea of, like, what, like, the design should be, but then also has to taste fucking amazing, too. And that's such an insane skill set that I feel like people truly underestimate 
And this movie is just kind of like, yeah, you know, Eddie can do it. Like he he learns it overnight. Although I like that he doesn't get off too easily with it. Like he like he doesn't win the whole competition just by starting. Like he doesn't spoilers. Spoil, yeah, <laughs> my bad. But like he doesn't he doesn't beat like uh, the the main competitor in the movie, the girl he goes to school with. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. beat her. Who's she's? I think they said she's been doing it like for most of her life. Like he doesn't beat yeah. her overnight. Um, she's a little brat. She well, <laughs> see, there was a point because that's how I remembered her, right? But then yeah. there was a. But then there's part of me, like while watching this movie, I'm like, they incite a lot of it. Like, yeah, she's just it's minding like her it's business. the Sharpay, it's the Sharpay syndrome where it's like they like just take the girl that just like works really hard and wants something, and they're like, she's actually weird and bad. Like, I, and everyone's mean to her, which makes her mean. Like, well, I'll, I'll say that Sharpay has genuine like flaws as a character. Like, because, like, she sabotages people for her own personal gain. I like how I'm, like, mm. talking about it so seriously. But I'm, uh, you know, Sharpay is a flawed character. But this character, I mean, she's a little annoying at times. And sure, I mean, like, you always know a kid like that that tries a little bit too hard. Um, but, like, she doesn't do anything wrong the entire movie. Like, and they just, like, yeah. they fucking bully her. And I'm like, dude like she's not doing she's not hurting anybody she's just doing her thing well that's that's not even the most interesting character in the movie i i think that we'll we'll get into it a little later but the the dad character i think there's so much to dig into there he's he's fucking insane like it's it's not even like a sexism thing he's just insane this man is like he needs help he he does some pretty serious face acting in this movie yeah like the scene where the uh cooking teacher comes over and he's just like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) Um, i i have a whole list in my notes because i know you guys like to keep track of like is this zillennial canon yeah so i have a whole list of like things in this movie that may or may not be zillennial canon this guy's face has to be zillennial <laughs> well he like, was in high school musical guy. too who Wasn't was he he was, he was a country sh- club guy yeah i was gonna ask i was because tr- i saw he was in high school musical too but i couldn't remember who he was but i think that's right i just um, feel like people who look like this man are <laughs> zillennial <laughs> especially if they are the both the coach and the dad I can't. Yeah, I thought that too. The coach and the dad is lineal canon all in I, one. I can't tell you the character or actor's exact name, but if I had to compare this guy to anybody, the guy, the villain from the first Garfield movie, is who he reminds me of, like face wise. Do you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> I think no, the, but I'm. I believe you. Without well, this guy, this guy's name is Mark L. Taylor. Oh, I found his, the other day, I like, I don't know why, like, after I finished it, but I was curious what he's doing with his life. I was, maybe he's going to kick off. And I, like, went on his LinkedIn, and then I forgot, like, when you go on someone's LinkedIn, they notify the person that you view their LinkedIn. So this guy probably got a notification on his phone that Adam Sidorius looked at your LinkedIn. And he's like, what the fuck? Hey, Mark, if you're listening right now, come on the Get show. On the pod. I would yeah. love to have him on the show. king. The the character is problematic, but you, sir, you gave a great committed performance in this film. We I... should start. We should start like interviewing these like specific zillennial like character actors. I That'd said be a good as, bit. I said this as far back as mullet fingers and hoot. Like I want well, this didn't to happen. You get, didn't you get somebody from the from Cat in the Hat? 
Yeah, no, I've interviewed well, Mrs. Kwan. It wasn't like for, separately from the pod. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it was weird. Like, it wasn't exactly for the pod, but she did. Yeah, we were on a Zoom call with her, and she just kind of hung out with us. She was like, she was yeah, the coolest person we ever talked to. It was. She was amazing. Yeah. She was just having like yeah. wine and talking about Cat in the Hat and like her filmography. Oh, okay. it, was nice it was like a like a Dr. Seuss wine club situation. Pretty. Yeah, it was a, it was very much a Mike Myers uh, wine cooler moment, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> crack crack open a cold one with Mrs. Kwan. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I do have a Lacroix here that I'm going to crack open now. In celebration. ASMR. <laughs> I've got a glass of water. Cheers. I have nothing, and I, that's probably why I'm dehydrated. <laughs> yeah, you got to hydrate yourself, hydrated. Adam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, before, we, before we dive in too much into the movie, I had another thought about just decoms in general. Mm-hmm. So, about the eras, right? So, this this is like the middle period. You know, like right before High School Musical, like right around High School Musical. And depending on like when you were growing up, you gravitate towards each period because, you know, that's when you were growing up. And I think that like I'm how the how the fuck old am I? I'm 26. Um, So people younger than me will gravitate more towards like the Camp Rocks and the Lemonade Mouths and the Descendants. But people like my girlfriend, um, uh, who is 30, she always talks about a movie called True Confessions, which only came out one year before this one. But that's a whole nother... um, That's a whole nother era before this. That's the one with Shia, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't look it up because uh, I I'm trying to I can't remember the plot of that movie, but I know I've definitely seen it at some point. Well, the 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 point I'm getting at um is well, I mean this this whole thing is kind of moot because of Disney Plus and how they're all just all in one big pile now. But um, you know, with the reruns and everything, like how there was like this this. kind of conversation around certain um not conversation but like um like general overall theme around some of these movies that got kind of lost a little bit in the newer iterate in the newer movies and obviously you always had like the more genre ones like halloween town or xenon or twitches um pixel perfect the ballad of ricky ullman um the ballad of ricky bobby (laughs) i feel like i feel like you all could do a whole podcast on ricky ullman like what happened to that guy well i mean do you actually know like the entire uh the story we'll put it we'll put a pin in that um (laughs) stuck in the suburbs even steven's movie yes like there's these big heavy hitters that are arguably way way better than eddie's million dollar cook-off but yeah. My point here is that there's something really special a lot of these about a lot of these like older era decoms that they're actually like about something and they 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 were usually showcase like more diverse stories 
So, for example, that True Confessions movie, like Shia LaBeouf plays like a severely developmentally disabled boy. Um, black stories like Up, Up, and Away, yeah. Todd Family, um, stuff like Wendy Wu, Homecoming Warrior, The Color of Friendship, um, Going to the Mat, Jump In, Johnny Tsunami, Johnny Kapahala, of course, Cheetah Girls. That's one of like the big ones. So there was like this focus on Disney Channel making movies that were like focus on like teaching kids a a specific lesson you know and not just like let's do a fun 90 minutes to turn your brain off which they you know they are that anyway but i i do think that in general like that's the that's the the lingering memory of decoms for me when i look back on my childhood like even though you do kind of gravitate more towards like high school musical and things like that because that had such a big cultural impact there was a whole nother class of these um that where you could dig a little and there's still kids movies you know but there was some effort there in kind of making you think about things a little bit deeper well, like even um, I, I mentioned it before we started recording, but I watched um, like five or ten minutes of uh, Luck of the Irish after this ended because Disney Plus recommended it to me as soon as it was over. Like, if you liked this, you might like this. And I find that so funny to me that some random dad will be watching this on his couch. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I probably would like this, wouldn't I? I just <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I skipped around on Luck of the Irish. And I forgot if I don't know if you guys remember this, but that movie literally. I mean, I'm curious if you didn't you haven't seen that movie, so sorry, I'm gonna yeah. spoil it. But I, I don't that's know. okay. I know like what happens. So in the ending of that movie, um, it literally ends with like you know he's accepted his heritage as an Irish man, and I think his <laughs> um whatever like in his uh his friend in the movie uh she's uh, Hispanic I think. And like it's like all these different people, they're standing up for their flags, and they're all like holding hands, singing "This land is your land." And oh my like, god, that's and it's right. a it's a beautiful moment about like embracing immigrants and like how we all come from different nations. And it's like I was like I wasn't like tearing up, but I'm like this is like beautiful. Like what are you talking? Like dude, this is a decom, and they're talking about this. Like it's Brooklyn, 2015, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> you just, it's you just transported me back to my childhood. It's oh absolutely it's euphoric, man. It's 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 beautiful. Um yeah, I that's a it's a crazy movie. And I think that, that when you were talking about like um these decoms that actually talk about things, that's the first place my mind went to. Which and again, I wouldn't call Luck of the Irish a great movie. But it has a pretty great ending and like a pretty great message at the end of the day. And I think maybe that's, I mean, I think that's the point of this entire pod. But maybe, you know, the cheesier elements and the goofier stories and sense of humor and sacrifice, or not in sacrifice, but in uh, hand in hand with a sincere heart and message is actually a really maybe even more powerful thing for kids than just a straight up powerful movie, you know? Like, it's something that they can understand as kids. And I think that's really cool. I just listened to your episode on Holes. And um, that's another movie that actually has, like, real themes and ideas behind it. And 
really holds up. But that's a movie that had like a $20 million budget behind it that was released in a theater with a real cast and a real kind of studio push behind it. So I think that you just don't, you don't have, well, I don't know, because I'm not a kid, so I'm not paying attention to this, <laughs> to this type of stuff. But you don't, you don't have that focus anymore on like the aimed directly at kids on a TV level type of thing. We're used to with these movies. I mean, just looking at Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, the freaking poster, the DCOM logo is the poster. Like, it's it's Eddie in front of a freaking mouse icon holding a <laughs> spatula as a baseball bat, you know? Yeah. I mean, even look at, um. I mean, I know you said, obviously, you're not a kid, so you're not watching the current DCOMs. But, like, even look at the uh, number of DCOMs that are produced right now. Like, right. two a year in Way comparison less. to, like, seven or eight a year. Wasn't um, there one, like, every month when we were younger, at yeah, least? That's when I yeah. always felt like it, you know? Like, they would yeah. space them out ever so slightly, so you weren't, like, oversaturated with them. But it really did feel like, oh, I could always count on a DCOM coming out, not two. Well, they put, like, a massive budget into them now. Well, Like, they're, um, like, such big productions now. Well, I, I bring this up, um, I feel like, a lot whenever we're talking about zine movies, but, like, movies that uh, kids are getting today. And I feel like it's just, it, it doesn't really hold up when we talk about those movies or, or like uh, when we try to talk about kids movies today, because it means nothing when we talk about it. But I always bring up how I used to work with kids and uh, hearing them talk about like the current Disney Channel movies. Like one of the big things that they all talked about every time was the Descendants movies that are. Oh, those are huge. Yeah. Yeah, huge mm-hmm. movies. Um, I think the most recent one came out like last year, and yeah. um, huge hit. Um, and uh, they're very culturally impactful. Um, not like in terms of like message or anything, but just in terms of like, I don't know. Like it's it goes to like the whole Marvel thing where it's like they're very much focusing on brands and Maleficent's yes. my mom and. Cruella's my mom and stuff well that's like that. the thing with Disney now is like in the early 2000s there was this kind of lower middle tier that wasn't so brand oriented yeah. um and would focus on on things that were kind of like more um approachable without being you know all about the the toys and the tie-ins and all this and they've pretty much gone away from that but Kira, you're totally right. If you look at the decom list for 2000, every mm-hmm. single month has a movie um, released. 12 well, decoms in the year 2000. It's even what Kira and me usually say. It's uh, that's the Michael Eisner era. You know, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pre Bob Iger. That's pre uh, acquisitions of IPs left and right. You know, yeah, um, it's a completely. I think that's. Different... It's interesting because I feel like whenever we want new like Disney content, we're like we want like new IPs, but it's like no, we don't even want IPs. We want like normal people. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no like I don't know. It's like everything has to be like an intellectual property, literally. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting because what you're saying about like the messages of these movies, I feel like. 
regardless of like what issues they were trying to tackle i feel like every single disney channel movie had the theme of just like you can do anything and i feel like that's like really powerful for kids and i feel like a lot of kids content like kind of like has the same message like and it's just basically like how well they do it like just like regardless of who you are like you can do anything like yeah you can even cook yeah (laughs) even if you're a boy (laughs) you can cook by the way I have a, uh, I, I put it on private because I'm, I'm still working on it, but I have a letterbox list of cooking movies because nice. First Cow is one of my favorite movies of this year. Beautiful and when movie. I realized that that movie is a movie about a, a cook, a, about a mm-hmm. baker, I was like, I wonder, hmm. And then... Have, have you ever seen the television show Kitchen Confidential? No, let me check that out. Okay, it's Bradley Cooper before he was famous. They tried to adapt, yeah, they tried to adapt Anthony Bourdain's memoir into a primetime sitcom, and it is horrifying, and my friends and I sat for six hours the other night and watched the entire thing, and it is disgusting. I highly recommend, maybe... Wait, so it's bad, but you recommend it? It's like a fever dream. So the first three episodes aired, and then they just, like, abandoned it. It was on Fox, it says. Okay. Yeah, but we have the DVD of, like, all 13 episodes or whatever it was. We just watched all of them in one sitting, and it was horrifying. But, yeah, if you're looking for cooking content, like, that's, like, chaotic. Like, it's almost, like, once you get a few episodes in, it's, like, almost to the point of, like, this isn't, like, a parody, right? Like, this isn't, like, a parody of, like, a 2000 sitcom. Like, it's, like, they tried to, like, copy Scrubs and oh. make it, like... It's, like, by, like, the producer of Sex and the City also. So it's, like, a mixture of, like, all the different parts of the 2000s in the worst kind of way. I, but. I'm i really interested, and in, it's uh, cool that Ernie brings it up, but I'm, I... Like, even though I'm, like, not as much of a cook as, like, uh, I guess Ernie is, like, I'm fascinated by movies about cooking. Like, every time I watch one, I have, like, a deep... I don't know, there's a kind of a catharsis in it that's just, like, it's so, like, it's so soothing and, like, cool to see someone, like, be really good at what they do. And, um, I remember that Burnt movie from 2015 that he was in. I still haven't seen it. I I feel like I have to. I liked it at the time. I don't <laughs> really remember it that well, and I don't know if it would hold up, but I liked it when it came out. I liked that the original title was a- uh, Adam Jones, uh, <laughs> which is his character name, and they really thought that would sell tickets. Um, so that's really funny to me. But another one, I mean, have you guys seen Julie and Julia? I love that movie. Yes, it's so cute. Nancy Myers' altruism. Did she direct that one? Oh, wait, no. Yes. Did she? Nora, yeah, I think Nora so. Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron, sorry. <laughs> I'm the worst kind of person. Fox in that movie. <laughs> that movie is delightful. Uh, I love that movie, like, wholeheartedly. I think it's just so much fun. Um, there's probably a bunch of other cooking movies. Uh, there actually aren't enough, I would say. Right. Um, the only other notable ones on my list right now are Waiting, uh, Chef, and Ratatouille. I think, um, is Ratatouille the best cooking movie ever made? Uh, Genuinely. yeah. 
I think so. Yeah, right? Far. It's my That's, favorite Disney movie. So like, it's a fucking banger. No, I mean, I put that on to like go to sleep at night sometimes. Like, I just it, it's so soothing. It's so beautiful. It is one of the best movies. Not even just about cooking, but like about artistry and passion that I've ever seen in my life. It's it's so beautiful. Um, you guys don't know, but under this hat, there's a little rat. That is <laughs> <podcast>. controlling the <laughs> skype call um yeah i i really yeah i can't think of any others but like maybe this is i don't know like i would love to see more i don't know if kids movies about cooking is really a viable market but i think it's a cool thing to like i mean maybe tv just took over like the market because oh, i mean yeah did, I mean, Food Network has always been a big thing, genuinely. But this these past few years with um, Netflix, like all the cooking and baking shows, like, I mean, seriously, they have a whole page of different genres of cooking shows and mm-hmm. baking shows on, um, on Netflix. I was going through it the other day to, like, add a bunch to my list. And they have, like, an entire barbecue page, just oh, wow. endless barbecue shows. And I find that so fascinating that there's just like an endless like genres on genres of cooking. But then the movies seems like very scarce, but the shows are never ending. And I'm wondering what that divide is. Like why are um, cooking shows so popular, but movies tend to not be a, a very big thing, you know? That's a great question. I don't know. I, I think that editing might have something to do with it. You know, movies yeah. usually have to have a little bit more of like a slower deliberate editing to kind of sell the story and get yeah. you invested in the characters and cooking shows just really freaking throw the cuts at you and just they they really crank up the the editing um so you can't really get too invested in any right. sort of plot or narrative or or you're just plugged into the intensity of of the edit um which is fascinating cuz like there's a whole style of editing for cooking shows it's yeah it's unbelievable which eddie's million dollar cook-off kind of taps into a little bit mm. um that kind of style of editing um, the cinematography is honestly like pretty good in this yeah there's actually like a moment right at the end um where i was just like capital c cinema where <laughs> we're at the baseball game and at the cook-off and we're cross-cutting between both events. Um, I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Uh, I, I, this is going to sound like a weird comparison, but like, stick with me here. It reminds me, do you guys like know in The Lion King, the original movie, not the remake, when uh, they're feeding, Timon and Pumbaa are feeding uh, some of the bugs for the first time. And everyone collectively was like, why do those bugs look delicious? Like, I want to eat those bugs in The Lion King. Can we all yeah. agree? Like, that's, that's Of course, 100%. Okay. Just wanted to make sure we we're on the same page. Okay. So, like, Eddie's... The things Eddie makes in this movie at home are fucking disgusting. Like, cereal on chicken. Yeah. Weird. But it's, why do yeah. I want to eat it, though? Like, that's my question. Like, why do I want to try it? It reminds me of The Lion King. Like, why do I want to try a bug? Personally, it's just, um, it's just the way like, they show it, I guess. 
taking all the ingredients in a home and blending it all together into some kind of goo and then tasting it like that's the lineal canon and that's something that i thought was stuff what was the purpose i don't know and they never like they just like it's that like disgusts me is that the stuff that mrs kwan gets sprayed with and cat in the hat yeah probably (laughs) literally probably (laughs) i wrote down another thing probably zillennial canon which is the blender doing a full-on geyser yes. in the kitchen <laughs> definitely yeah. erupting yeah. whatever goop is in there and it just destroys the whole kitchen that might even just be decom canon period like, <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah i mean and then like stuff like slowly dripping from the ceiling like that's, yeah yeah that's a little canon yeah man oh my like, god the biggest thing like that goo. amazed me, not one, but two food fights yes. in this movie. Max Keeble could never. I... <laughs> yeah. And yelling, like, food fight, like, twice. You'd think they would just be good with the one, you know? Like, they have their one food fight in the home at classroom. It goes haywire. He discovers his purple goop. And that sends him on a path to really diving in to the cook-off. But no, no, no. They have to have a second food fight later on in the movie. And it's even bigger and more chaotic. And what is the point of it? To kind of really nail down the idea that his friends are extremely disapproving of his cooking. I guess not both friends. I guess it's just... um, young jeremy renner looking boy <laughs> he really does doesn't he <laughs> he's so angry Riley yeah mcclendon and for what like i don't i'm even post finishing the movie i'm still not completely sure what he was upset about like well i think it i think that the through line in this movie is that they have to make you believe that all of the people in Eddie's life are extremely cemented to traditional gender roles. And they have to express it as um, clearly as possible. So obviously the dad, every line this guy says is like, you need to be a boy. You need to do boy things. Um, And the, the young young Renner lad um, is an extension of that sentiment. But then you have like Orlando Brown and the mom who are like, "Eh, I don't don't really see the issue here. You know, like I could, I could, I could see it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, I find it funny that Orlando uh, Brown's character, like he kind of is just okay with it because the food tastes good. He's like, yeah, you know, this it's the cooking thing. It's pretty all right. Um, also, I'll say this, while I said every other disgusting, everything else like in the movie looked disgusting, the Eddie dogs look good. I want to try yeah. an Eddie dog. I genuinely do. Those look horrible. Okay, Kira. That's terrible. Also, like, his whole technique is just, like, tossing things and, like, like moving around really fast. That's and, like, that's baby. what... It's, yeah. salt, it's Salt Bay before Salt Bay. <laughs> really yeah, is. basically. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, like, I, I find it really, because I feel like this movie, for all of its good messages and everything good about it, it really gave 
uh, us as, as collective as millennials, um, a false sense of what cooking is actually like in adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I mean, I imagined when I was kind of like, oh, it's like I, I can just do this. Like I'm gonna have all these resources always, and like I can cook anything together. And it's just so funny, like growing up and like rewatching this of like just how misleading it is. Like think of a kid watching this and then thinking this is how cooking works. Um, but like I said, like the the message though is like what overcomes like a lot of it because I think it's genuinely so sincere. And it's, I don't say it's more sweet than most decoms, but there's something about it that just like gets me a little bit more than most, you know? Well, it, it really hammers down the point multiple times, like I just said about like the gender roles. Like so much of the movie is just like, you have to play baseball, you have to be a boy, you have to do the boy things. And it spends so much of the movie kind of like reinforcing that and that being the major obstacle that eddie has to face is like everybody around him is telling him he has to be this way and then he does there's something inside of him that's telling him that like he doesn't want to do what everybody around him is telling him to do he wants to break out of that mold that society has has placed around him and he wants to cook and everybody's like oh uh that's like a girl thing to do. Yeah. You know, when everybody finds out that he made it into the cook-off, they literally start ridiculing him at school. Like, everybody's staring at him, laughing in his face. Um, and even past that, he he is able to commit. He's able to commit and push through it and, and listen to his inner desires. Well, can I say, uh, like, one really interesting disconnect that I didn't think really think about until kira told me that she's never seen this movie like tonight um is i've talked to like i mean this is a little candidate within itself is that we always talk like i always talk with my friends and uh just people that i meet like at parties or something like sometimes we just always go back to decoms at the end of the day uh somehow some way if i'm like vibing with a person and a lot of the like girls i've talked to they don't they they either have not seen this movie or they don't remember this movie but uh, with like Ernie and like I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this with Drew before, um, and like other people, like other dudes, like Joseph Salabone and like other people, almost all of them say this is one of their favorite decoms. And I thought it would be the opposite, but maybe that just goes to what the movie is trying to say, <laughs> where it's like boys can cook too, boys can be into food and stuff. And I find it really interesting that like every guy that I've talked to about decoms every single one brings this movie up every single one and i think that's really cool honestly like that this movie like it it's one that the dudes remember like this is a dude's movie um but like in a positive way like it's a i think it's a great movie that i'm glad the dudes grew up with you know it's a teardown of misogynistic societal <laughs> walls yes <laughs> like like i said before though like about how he should have been like a pastry chef or something i think it's interesting how he was ridiculed for simply learning the basics of cooking because it's like (laughs) cooking is a means of survival like do they literally want this kid to just like die like because he learned how to like fry an egg like (laughs) well i mean that's as fucked up as it is but that that is a very basic 
fundamental thing about the very misogynistic society that we live in, which is like, you know, the husband goes to work and the wife does the cooking and stuff, right? Like that that's just this internally engraved thing in the cold like in society that I feel like in twenty twenty we're still trying to break out of. And I feel like even like dudes growing up in the early two thousands people were, I mean, dudes were just making these stupid jokes about that. Like, we're just internally hardwired to believe these things, which are really just basic fundamentals of surviving, are internally feminine, or, and, and even if it is, that's somehow a bad thing. And even though, I mean, sure, maybe the point about it, uh, him sh- being a pastry chef or something could have gotten, like, a little bit further, um, it is a true thing that people, or especially guys, uh, look down upon um i i don't think it's really prevalent in 2020 as much like i feel like in the uh the whole conversation we had about food shows going up and ratings and stuff has kind of broken that mold a little bit but in the early 2000s i feel like that was a pretty like a genuine thing like a genuine disconnect between people it was Um, a conversation that needed to be had genuinely i genuinely think that i think yeah, like I think O3 was kind of the perfect time for this movie to be made. Um, men, men would rather starve than be called a girl. You, yeah, I mean that's it, it. Seems so silly, but that was. I mean, growing up, that was a very big thing. Like that. What am like, I gonna do? Fucking put the turkey in the fucking oven i'm here to throw a baseball bro <laughs> but i like even the scenes where like the girls in this movie like speak up about it like um the one the one of the girls on the team she's like yeah i suck at running but it's not because i'm a girl it's because i'm a klutz and it's like <laughs> and i just find it funny like there i mean there's like a that's a really good scene actually like um where they just like call out the coach on his bullshit and it's cheesy, of course, but like for for genuinely for a decom, it's good. Like it's really cool that they did that. Um, it's yeah, stuff I team, love to see in these. The team completely stands up to the the coach yeah. and his misogynism. That's a great moment. Very I, very earned. I, I and I I mean maybe the uh, the change of heart with the coach by the end feels a bit easy, but. I it still warms my heart every time he like he goes he goes back like he goes to cook with the son and it's sweet and it's like it's a I think of it works it works because Eddie doesn't win the cook off I think if yes. Eddie if Eddie did win the cook off then the whole thing would probably feel extremely cheap but having the dad show up and then the brothers show up um, yeah. I think all of that works because he loses Mm -hmm. yeah and it seems like it's something i mean it's very much a troy bolton kind of um character uh split where it's like uh, my heart's in two different places yeah it's basically the same plot very much so it's the same plot (laughs) yeah um although I, i i will say this i think that this movie dives into the misogyny and the uh the gender roles of it all more that High School Musical ever does, because while, like, High School Musical movies definitely dive into, like, uh, really? You're singing? But they never, like, fully address, like, the gender roles of it all, like, verbatim, like, like literally, like, say, that's a girl thing. They never say that in those movies. This movie straight up addresses it, which I find really interesting. Um, 
And I really respected for that, honestly, like genuinely. Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, like every line that the dad character has is like a misogynistic piece of shit. Like everything right. this guy says, right. he just doubles down on it every time. Yeah, I mean, even that scene where, like, Eddie's, like, trying to explain to him, or not even trying to explain to him, but he's, like, trying to level with him, and it's, like, she's, like, well, clearly I don't know what's going on in this house anymore. It's, like, dude, what? What are you talking about? Like, your son just wants to, like, compete. Like, it's... I have I have a theory that the, guy, the dad is actually gay, and he's, like, repressing the hell out of his <laughs> true sexuality. I, I, I think that's, um, that, that's a very, uh, keen observation and i i'd really be interested in interviewing him whenever we get him on the pod to see oh. if maybe because you know how they told uh kenny ortega told ryan in the high school musical movies like yeah the character's gay but we can't say it so you have to act it um like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to bring it to life without actually saying it you know so maybe he the director of this movie told this guy the same thing and there's several um i guess they don't tie into the sexuality but they they tie into like the general theme of the movie because you know if you go on letterbox and you like start scrolling through some reviews uh yeah. a lot of people have come to the conclusion that like this movie is an allegory for um like being gay like cooking is being gay i don't know if i 100 percent agree with that but the idea that like um within the first 10 minutes of the movie we see Eddie watching Bobby Flay on the television and he's like coming in his pants watching Bobby Flay crack a neck. It's a real like video drum moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a video yeah. drum situation with Bobby Flay. And then he meets Bobby Flay at the end and it's like there's there's some vibes going on. Yeah. Um and then he like asks him like, hey, how do you crack an egg with one hand? And he's like, stick around and I'll show you. Um and then the dad comes and the dad is able to crack the egg with one hand and is so nonchalant about it. So the through line of like, you are gay, if you cook, you are gay, <laughs> kind of goes all the way through to cracking the egg with one hand. And it's also, I think it's, it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I think it's interesting, though, because I could definitely see that. Um, because how I said it was the same plot as High School Musical. It's like, okay, but High School Musical, like, you can kind of, like, he's, like, following, like, what he wants to do, even if it's, like, a traditionally, like, like feminine, like, queer-coded, like, um, like, hobby or life, like, just, like, whatever. Um, and I think it's interesting in this because it's not necessarily like his main impulse to do it is this just that he likes it yeah. like it's not because like like troy found singing through like his connection with gabriella and like their romance and stuff That's and they like fun. connected over music through that and like their relationship was very much about connecting over music but like this is like he's on his own trying to learn by himself wants to and because he's interested in it so I think that's, like, it's not, like, a girl that's, like, and there's no, like, romance in it at all. Well, that's what I was about to say. Like, in a lot of DCOMs, like, genuinely just have these pointless, like, love interests or, like, he gets the girl or she gets the boy, right? 
but this movie mm-hmm. doesn't have that like they they um and they have the perfect opportunity with that one girl who uh which i actually think they should have spent a little more time on the girl who um uh, pretends to be a cheerleader but is actually playing baseball on the team yeah um they they could have easily woven that in like oh she's a love interest though but um or like he even has like a you know budding heads romance with the cooking girl but it mm-hmm. never happened they they yeah they, i thought that was gonna happen it, it's all set up it's all i was not set up but it's all there but it never happens and i find mm-hmm. that i mean if you want to go to ernie's theory Maybe. I mean, that's part of it. Like, they don't go through with any love interest, and it's interesting. It's the letterbox theory. Don't assign it to me. <laughs> right. No, I, I take it back. The, the letterbox theory. Um, but I, I, think, I, I think the movie, it's not really about, like, you could assign it that interpretation easily. Right. But I think it's more about just, like, gendered roles and gender identity and it's not as much about like sexuality like that's not really what it's about it's about just like who you how you see yourself and how you want to position yourself to the world and and how you want to express yourself to the world yeah and you know like above all else like whether or not it's a gay or allegory or not um the point overall being like it's you shouldn't associate really anything with any type of sexuality or gender because like it should all just be fluid and you loving this does not automatically mean this about you like you should just be able to love something and then be yourself on the side like whatever you are is not synonymous with what you do or what your passion is and the movie the movie does so much to put these obstacles in Eddie's way. No, sure. And they yeah. don't they don't feel like meaningless. Like they feel like real obstacles because yeah. you have his entire family except for his mom like piling on to him and his friend yeah. like piling on to him. Like there's entire scenes that are just like them just railing at him. Yeah. Like just yeah. throwing insult after insult after insult. Like I wrote one of them down. Um it's not like you're going to trade your baseball mitt for your oven mitt. Just totally yeah. emasculating him. So the 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 movie does a good job at like presenting these challenges in his path, and he struggles, man. Like he, at a certain point, like the first food fight breaks out because he's not able to say that he enjoys the cooking class. Like he has to do a whole scene because he's like, oh no, I actually hate the class. <laughs> Food fight. Yeah. Well, and that's another thing in this movie where it's like he's constantly pressured to downplay what he loves. Like, it's not even just like he has to, like, um, you know, he has to go to baseball practice or do a baseball, like, a game or um, should hide it. Like, even when he's able to fully go through with it, he has to downplay it every moment as a joke that he actually is able to do it. He's having a real identity crisis. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, again, say what you will about this movie, the jokes, like, or the, the dialogue, whatever. But like, the fact that we're even having this conversation about a decom in the first place, I think, is pretty impressive, honestly. And hold on, let me go to this guy, the director and the writer, like, because I'm curious, like, what else? He directed did. Cheetah Girls One World. Nice. That's the third one. <laughs> yeah, the third one. Paul right. Paul Hohen. I will say I'm a little more interested in watching Cheetah Girls One World now. 
I'm never going to do it. Mm, but just like no, a one, per- I'm good. Just one percent more interested. Um, oh, he directed Jump In. Um, oh, okay, he has rights. He Argu- also did um, True Confessions and Luck of the Irish. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So read it and weep. Anyone? I mean, a classic. That's a that's a classic right there. Yeah. Love read it and weep. <laughs> Is that one in the Howie she- voice? Where she yeah. becomes like a best-selling author with her diary. Yes, yes. and it, it's, it's yeah, the, where her it's, diary was stolen. That's a and banger. It, and it's the Panabaker yeah. sisters, uh, and one's her alter ego, um, but like visualize the entire movie, kind of like the devil on her shoulder, telling her to enjoy capitalism. I might have to watch that later. That's a genuinely good movie. good movie i at least that's me saying i haven't rewatched it in years but my memories of it i'm like yeah good movie um i feel like that's how i feel about most decoms like yeah that was pretty good 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 flick yeah yeah uh, <laughs> I mean, this, movie, this movie has like pretty terrible like stock royalty free music yes and like half the jokes don't land and half the performances are like extremely stale yes. but there are moments of of bliss of cinematic bliss like i mentioned earlier like the cross cutting at the end and i feel like the screenplay like you know it's pretty simple but it it works you know having him show up late to the freaking cook-off um and just like scrambling to make it work yeah, I mean, and that, and that's Leno can within itself, like having to do, be two places at once and then cross cutting <laughs> between them and showing them showing up time. with only like an hour left. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like there's a lot of movies since Leno Cannon where it's like, uh, person main character from said sports team ha- gets involved with something else, and then sports team at the end comes over to support him doing other said yeah. thing that was in conflict the entire movie. Yeah, like, struggling struggling with two extracurricular activities. Struggling to balance. And it's funny, I say that, and it feels like so vivid, and like there's so many examples to draw from, but I genuinely can't remember any other movie that does it. But <laughs> it feels so specific yeah, that I does. feel like there has to be like at least ten other movies. Um... But yeah, I, I there's just so many. I mean, I think more than almost any other movie we've covered, this one checks a lot of the boxes of Zelenio Cannon. I, I wrote down a bunch of other stuff. So uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, running to catch the ball and tripping over your shoelaces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the two people in the outfield running, trying to catch the ball and hitting into each other. I've seen that happen in real life before. I used um, to play softball. Baseball I used to play softball. Yeah. yeah. To like one of my best friends and this girl that I was friends with, they were running for the ball in the outfield. They jumped up to catch it and they just smashed into each other in midair. So oh. it's a real thing. It's millennial canon, but it's real. It happens. Uh, I mean, you're in the heat of the game. You know? Yeah. Not thinking about where you're going. You're just looking at that ball. <clears throat> That's um, true. Fighting Tired. over the TV remote. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dabbing also the coach. I already said that one. That's a huge one, I think. Oh, seeing blood and fainting. That's a. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Honestly, I don't want to like be uh, stereotypical, but 
if there's any indication that the dad's gay, that might be the biggest one. Oh my god. <laughs> um maybe maybe they're all just like anemic. Yeah, they need true. Their iron. That too. Uh, I mean then that's definitely yeah. gay. I think that's gay vibes is low iron. Just standing up and passing out, yeah. All my bi- <laughs> buyer gay friends, they all have low iron, so Oh just wow. Saying. True. Yeah. <laughs> Watching the elective sign-up board like a horde of rabid animals. I was gonna say that, like a nightmare school. Also, like, schools that have, like, full, like, kitchens. Like, literally, like, Williams-Sonoma, like, showroom-esque kitchens in the school. Like... Either of you guys have that at your high school? No. Oh, (laughs) Oh, they had it at mine. this This is supposed to be, like, a junior high, right? Oh, is it? I think so. Yeah. My um my school uh I went to uh Lyman here in uh what's well, an Altamont, but um yeah, we had like a whole ass cooking like center for and stuff. Like we had a baking and a cooking class and That's but it was really like cool. Yeah, it's a very I didn't take either because they always I guess it was just like this day it always like filled up. So like you, people were like literally like on waiting lists in case like a kid transferred or something. Um, but like I always went in there, like sometimes, and like the classroom's huge, and like the equipment's amazing. It's almost like this movie, honestly. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> I took yeah, a whole only... math class uh, back in like seventh or eighth grade, and we—I don't think we did any cooking. Yeah, no, it was, it was like sewing. Oh. Yeah. We learned how to sew. We made, like, beanie babies out of felt that were, like, not beanie babies. Like, they were just, like, round. And some kid, like, stabbed his finger with a sewing needle. And that's, like, what I remember from that class. Um, <laughs> this is a dumb question. I apologize. But, like, what is home ed, like, exactly? Like, what is that broader, like, definition of that? It's, like, learning to be a person. Yeah. Like, like, learning to be, like, a functioning human in society. I think I did have a, I had a class like that, like in my freshman year of high school, but it was, we didn't do, like, we literally like learned about like taxes and shit, like shit that like. Um, wow, I wish I had that. No, like, and the dude, um, I'm actually still in contact with my teacher. He was like, it was so cool. He was like the wrestling coach and the baseball coach, but he taught that during the day. And he was the coolest guy. And he said, yeah, usually they would have me teach you some bullshit, but I think I want to teach you some shit you like actually want to know. He actually said that. He'd be like, yeah, they want me to teach you some bullshit, but I'm going to show you the real, how the real world works. (laughs) I'm going to show you how to, how to buy condoms. No, like he would like (laughs) legitimately like have like deep conversations with his students and like talk about like societal issues. And he was like the coolest dude ever. Um, So that's like my, idea of what home ed is but i wasn't sure of like what because everyone that came in the class was like this is not what it should be um but i appreciate <laughs> it way more like in retrospect there should be a class like that like every year yes. like for every every grade that you're in school like on a different level because like my like health class like the one health class that they made me take in like high school it was like i literally would like get into fights with the teacher about like um like mental health like issues and also like when we had to do like teamwork activities and we had to do like marble mazes like with like like team building exercises and it was just like this is fake and we don't need this um and i think that classes like this are like 
like literally it's like people find their passion in it like it's like if kids are miserable and like stem and all this stuff like you got to give them something else to like latch on to other than like sports like you can't just have kids be like miserable all day long well i mean ernie what high school did you go to here like uh i'm curious i i went to school in tallahassee florida oh okay um and luckily i had a tv production class and i took it all four years and that was my shit yeah i was the same yeah i was in i was also in tv production um i was in it for all four years I, I advanced to tv one two three and four each year and um great experience and just like uh the home ed teacher like i still talk to my tv production teacher she's the coolest and um yeah i did that in drama like those were my two things in high school and um and it's, I mean, I know there's other schools like here in Florida that are not as lucky. Like I know Orange County is not quite as funded as a uh, Seminole County mm-hmm. for the arts, which is extremely sad. Um, but I like, I, every time I like think about it, like, man, I was so lucky to actually like have an outlet to do this stuff because um, the high school my sister goes to, she, they don't have TV production there, period. Like not at all. And it's so sad. They had it just a few years ago when my cousin went there, but they got rid of it in the past few years. Um, and it's really, and I just wonder what else they cut, like in that time being. So it's extremely sad. I think have it's interesting. Guys... Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask if you guys have seen Pen15. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The play, the drama episode at the end is perfection. <laughs> um, I, that, I, I feel like I, Quick, Kira, you've seen both seasons, or just the one? I've just seen the first season. I haven't seen um, the second one yet. Both are great, but I feel like that show sums up Zillow Cannon like extremely well, without yeah. ever like talking about pop culture, like not, yeah. and even like the sexual stuff aside. Like that just show like in the way like that in eighth grade. I feel like are movies about like the school experience, like just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so melancholy. Oh, yeah, like, the same way, like, Lady Bird is, like, so, it's just so perfectly 2002. Those, sh- that, that show and that movie are just, like, so, like, I can't, it's just perfect. Like, there's no other word for it. Like it I mean, we like vibe. to, we like to remember that era a little bit more, uh, kind of, with rose-colored glasses or whatever Definitely. than it actually was. Um, and those shows are... They remind you, like, hey, the shit was, shit was rough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, that's the that's the thing. Like, it, it's kind of growing up as an adult, or even like when I was a teenager, when I started using Twitter, and you know how political Twitter can get. And it's like you you find out stuff about the early two thousands that you didn't know as you were growing up in it, because you know you were a kid, you didn't you weren't watching CNN or anything as a kid. Like, you know, because yeah. I didn't like I didn't know all the horrible shit that was going on in the world back then. And it's interesting to, like, find out about like the fondest memories of my life. And then also synonymously go back and associate them with all these terrible yeah. things in the world that were happening. Um, I mean, I guess that's true to every person ever in any form of nostalgia, like when they're looking back at their childhood. But. There's something specifically about the early 2000s, I think, definitely.
we're just going to really quick take a break for a word from some of our sponsors. Thanks, guys. Do you guys uh, yeah. ever look at how the 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 highest performing um, decoms in terms of viewership? What was the? No, like? I never thought to do that. Because this this movie is like pretty low on the list. <laughs> is it? Wait, where is our Wikipedia? Yeah, on Wikipedia. So Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off and... got three point seven million viewers. Like on its premiere night. I guess, I guess that must be premiere night. Yeah, like appointment viewing for sure. Yeah. Wait. Um. Okay, so let me look at this. The top one is probably like High School Musical two, right? Or Descendants. Yep. No, High, it's School High School Musical, Musical two. two. You want to guess oh the God. number of people that watched that movie? I don't know numbers. <laughs> Seventeen point two million people watched High School Musical two. Oh my God. I, I remember that shit, man. Like, that is burned into my memory. The hype around that movie was bonkers. Yeah. And isn't it so funny? Like, there was... I'm trying to remember why it was so hyped up. Like, the first the first movie. Not even the second movie. But, like, the first movie was so hyped up. And I'm trying to remember why. Like, what... Because, what, like, none of them were household names at the time. Uh... Like, what was it about that one? Like, just from the marketing on Disney Channel alone was so hyped up. I have no idea. It just, something clicked. Yeah, okay, so wait. I'm looking at the, um, it's so funny. Like, these divides in numbers are, like, fascinating to me. Like, Luck of the Irish had 5.2 million. Um, Halloween Town 2 had 6.1. But Cadet Kelly had 7.8. Was that the Hillary Duff effect? Probably, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, you're right. Three point seven for this one, um, and nothing else like went over uh, the six range. Uh, oh no, actually, uh, Cheetah Girls had it just a month later, a six point five. But Halloween Town High, like that was the consistent series that always went over six million. Um, so it's interesting to like look at that and like figure out like why they consistently made Halloween Town after Halloween Town. Because um, they got movie. progressively worse, but they always held over six million viewers. I don't know the second one. The second one's a second one's a good movie. I, I like the second one. I meant because uh, uh, there's like two more after that, right? It's yeah. Halloween Town High, and then there's another one, right? Um, um I think or maybe I'm wrong. To Halloween Town, yeah. Yes, they, uh, they recast the main actress. Did they? Way. I didn't. I I've seen them all, but I don't remember that. That's wow, yeah. I don't like the f- like the other two, but I, I love the first two movies. Um, so by the time by the time Camp Rock came out, I was kind of out. Yes, on me too. E-com, but those movies were huge. I mean, uh, Jonas Brothers and Demi Lovato, like that's that's insane. I I've actually well, never seen them. Either of the uh, Camp Rock movies. I never saw the second one. And I feel like we talked about it on the High School Musical pod, maybe. Um, I can't remember exactly. But I remember talking about, on one of the episodes, um, how I should have... I feel like I should have loved Camp Rock as a kid. And even as a kid, I felt this way. I couldn't describe it. But I was like, I loved the Jonas Brothers as a kid. I loved Demi Lovato. I watched her Disney Channel show. 
I watched everything that all these individual actors were in, and I love High School Musical, so they were setting it up perfectly for that to be the new music-based franchise on Disney Channel. And I just didn't like it. And it was so confusing to me as a kid, seeing like all my classmates love it, and like everyone else in my life like go with Camp Rock, and I just didn't like it. And I couldn't say that, because they'd all be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but like, I just, I never liked Camp Rock, and I never bothered with the second one. I think... I just, I never liked the Jonas Brothers at all, which is really, really? off-brand for me. Isn't that, I, like, really weird, just, like, knowing me? No, I, that's something, <laughs> I did not know that about you until now. Like, right now. No, I, I never had any interest in them. I've never, like, willingly listened to a Jonas Brothers song. That's ridiculous, like, Kira. That's, <laughs> that's absolutely asinine. Uh, I, Jonas Brothers, that is Zeno Cannon. Like that that that's it. Like that's the foundation. Dude, like burning up. Are you kidding me? Like Dude, that's... burning up. Oh my god. No, the thing is though, like irony aside, genuinely a banger. Like I'm hot and you're cold. Dude, it fucking rocks, dude. You got me. I liked their um was it the cover of Kids in America? Was that what it was for Meet yeah. the Robinsons? Yes. I liked right, that, yeah. like, at the end of it. But I just, I never was... No, you're 3,000? It's fine. I, like, know all the words to these things just from being at, like, birthday parties, like, friends' birthday parties as kids, like, in the backyard, in the pool. But, like, it's like, I don't know. I just never, never really liked them. I don't just know. Just just a quick side note, can I say, since we're talking about Disney music and Disney bands, R.I.P. Radio Disney. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like next di- month, right? Yeah, I think they just closed them as of last week. Really right. sad. Yeah. I, it's Radio Disney. Because my mom's best friend, she worked at Radio... I talked about this plenty of times on the pod, but my uh, mom's best friend, she was um, one of the disc jockeys on... Uh, Radio Disney for like a lot of my life and I went the, I went to one of the uh, I know they broadcast in California but they had an office in Orlando or something and I went there a lot as a kid and I used to love it like I used to love that place and like I listened to it all the time probably annoying my mom so much um, but yeah R.I.P. like that's a that's a foundation of like culture in general like it's I'm, so crazy yeah. how much the Disney brand has evolved through the years because the, yeah. there was an era when, um, you know, with DCOMs, like that was part of the brand that you associated with. And there was like this ecosystem where you could draw very straight lines between like DCOMs and Radio Disney and whatever. And, you know, like a lot of these decoms did well just because they were on Disney channel. Like people would just put on the channel and they knew that they were going to get a certain level of quality. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was what you associated with Disney. And obviously, you know, you had the, um, all of the animated Renaissance stuff, but for just a small pocket there, this is what the brand was about. It was this weird thing with like the Jonas Brothers and Shia LaBeouf and Lizzie McGuire and Ali and AJ and Demi Lovato um, and Ricky Ullman and Max Keeble and Bobby Flay. Well, <laughs> I ask you, uh, like, I wonder if this disconnect and like uh, 
cultural shift, as you say, is that synonymous with just like the general shift in Hollywood in general? Like we often talk about the loss of the Hollywood star and the Hollywood star selling movies. But what is, is it also deeper than that? Also with TV, like decoms, like the, the star of the decom, like Hillary Duff and whatever, like those people, um, like just stars in general, don't no longer sell a decom. It's the brand of it all. And that's, I mean, again, they made like a, uh, they did like a parent trap, but it's like a sibling one, I think a few years ago. Um, they did adventures in babysitting, a tangled, uh, the descendants is a huge franchise all about IP. Um, yeah. Just all these brand movies, like all about brands and IPs. And I feel like a lot of these decoms were able to get away with these wacky subplots. Um, not Eddie's Miller on Kirk. I mean, it had Orlando uh, Brown in it. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, he was pretty big with That's that. Sort of yeah. But yeah. Um, and also Max Keeble, wasn't he in that? And was yes. He? Yeah. He was the, uh, yeah. the, uh, the dude with the cell phone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Was, yeah. yeah. Uh, he he partnered up that with the ice cream man. Absolutely insane. I'm still beating myself up that we didn't have Drew on for that movie. I think that was the biggest mistake of uh, <laughs> your our... your your uh, episode on it was it was uh, it was unhinged enough. <laughs> well, I remember we did we recorded that like a little bit before the Oscar party. Uh, no, no, no. It was the Halloween party last year, and I remember going to the party. And the and I was like I wanted to go like you know shake Drew's hand or whatever and he, the first thing he said to me was not hi he said I'm only a little bit offended that I wasn't on the pod and, <laughs> uh, but I mean you know I'm looking at um again like I said like the well actually I'm asking I want to ask you guys like what was the last decom that you guys like watched on TV like um out of like the list. Uh, Probably High School Musical too. Wow. Wow. Okay. I think I kind of just went out on a high note there. You did actually. <laughs> That's kind of like the pinnacle of it. Yeah, because right after that was Twitches too. Yeah. And I don't. I don't really remember that Minutemen. Uh... You didn't see Minutemen? No. No. I. I. I think. Uh, yeah. I think I. I was just kind of on my way out at that point, and I was like, you know what, High School Musical two. Let's do it. And that was that. Minutemen walked so Interstellar could run. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, Kira, do you have yours? Yeah, so I've said before on here that like I used to babysit a lot. So I've seen like parts of Teen Beach movie, like with like kids falling asleep on the couch. Um, I think like the last one I like willingly watched like by myself. Um, or like on my own not just like I'm sitting here by myself watching uh, Radio Rebel which was a meme and I wanted to cover it but you were like no um, no I, I the... straight up objected to that one I was like I'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> literally the poster of Radio Rebel has Debbie Ryan making that face um, isn't that what I said on the pod I'm like I looked it up and I'm like I'm not doing I'm, I, yeah. can't do, I can't do it <laughs> that and also Lemonade Mouth, I think, were the last two that I like went forth and watched by my own. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember watching um I, I'm pretty sure I was like asleep for half of it, but um with my little sister we, we watched Team Beach movie and mm-hmm. um I feel like it was 
because uh, I used to work with kids and we went on a field trip to go to um, we just stayed at the log cabin place at Disney and I was mm-hmm. like watching some kids in the hotel room and they were watching Descendants and I was helping one kid like build Legos but it was on the TV um, but the last uh, I guess like you said the last one I like willingly watched as a kid I think was the Wizards of Waverly Place movie because uh, I really loved that show. Even when I like stopped watching Disney Channel as a whole, like it was like my main TV thing that I watched. I always like tuned into the new episodes of that because I used to love it. Um, but like I remember, I like Dad Napped was one that I used to. I remember watching that final year, Hatching Pete. The Wizards uh, movie has the highest viewership since High School Musical two. Um, yeah, I mean, 11.4 million. That's pretty, I mean, even, yeah. and, but the, even so, like, that's a huge number. And the divide between that and High School Musical 2 is insane. Like, 17.2 million is massive. And, like, wow, Descendants, the first one was only 6.6. Descendants I mean, 2 is only 5.3. It actually gets lower each Descendants movie. Disney Channel peaked when Sharpay sang Fabulous. <laughs> exactly. Well, there was I'm... never a, a better moment ever. They will never aspire to anything close to that. Teen Beach movie was actually it's eight point four. That's actually pretty good for uh, for that. I think that was like their highest in years, like since uh, eight point. Yeah, that was their biggest um, since Camp Rock two. Like, but for like uh, three years straight, they had like kind of stinker after stinker after that. Um, but I wonder if, because I mean, we talked about the Descendants being such a big decom hit. I mean, the fact that we're even talking about it, and we know about it, kind of speaks to it being a big hit. Um, I wonder if that has to do something with like the rise of streaming, and then those are like ratings from the live event, but it had the big following from like streaming. Because like I know even before Disney Plus, the Disney Channel like apps on apple tv and stuff were huge yeah i mean for all we know eddie's million dollar cook-off is the most watched movie on disney plus and they will never <laughs> release those numbers they're just not reporting the numbers yeah, yeah. No it's insane Stop the count. in 2019 <laughs> in 2019 i feel like i saw this happening and i didn't remember it but they made like a live action kim possible and it's like this is like the wrong time to make it because everybody's like yeah, and that's like the lowest rated Disney Channel movie since is it ever? I'm like scrolling through. I'm pretty oh, sure it's, it's like the lowest viewership. It's only 1.2. Yeah, of all the yeah. ones that have numbers cuz some of them don't even have it. Wow. You're right. It it's it literally is the lowest one. How is that possible? That's crazy. <laughs> and I mean, yeah. I get that it I get that it was trying to be like a reboot for like kids today like they didn't want to revive the whole damn series so they're like let's do a yeah you know a, a, a new movie or whatever and that's cool um wait i don't know ernie was this past your time or not but like ben 10 was that past your time um yeah a little bit i mean there was stuff i only had time for so much stuff and yeah. i had younger siblings right so a lot of the stuff that i ended up watching was like dora the explorer and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I watched a lot of Nickelodeon. I, I think Nickelodeon was the most watched over Cartoon Network and Disney Channel, for sure. I, a lot of SpongeBob, a lot of Fairly Odd Parents, a lot of Jimmy Neutron. I don't, 
honestly, I don't know where if I could even say which one, like between Disney and Nickelodeon. Because um, I remember all my friends used to prefer Cartoon Network because they were those crazy kids that are like, but had that stick to the humor. <laughs> but like, I always, I mean, I had like a few shows on Cartoon Network that I liked, like Foster's Home, I used to love and stuff like that. Great show. Yeah. Um, but like, I mostly stuck to, I think it was pretty much a 50 50 divide between Nickelodeon and Disney for me. But I brought up Ben 10 um, off the Kim Possible discussion because I don't know if you guys remember, but they did two live action Ben 10 movies. And they were fucking disgusting. Like the Cartoon Network level budget for them. And then like the little alien CGI. Like they only had the budget for him to transform um, into an alien every 20 minutes. And each Wait alien a second. Had... You're telling me they did live action Ben 10 movies on Cartoon Network? Yes. And what? Wait, you didn't know about this? I did not. <laughs> they did. They had two of them, I think. Um, and they, they did the... that with something else too. I don't remember. Well, they, they did. The... They followed the canon of um, uh, the show. Like it picked up where the show, like weekly, like where that season ended, the sh- the movie began, and then the movie ended, and then the next season began. Um, it was cool. Like it was. I mean, it wasn't a good movie, but like, and the effects were pretty bad. But like, there was something cool about the way it wasn't a separate thing it was like in canon with the show um and i I, i've never quite seen anything like that since like in terms of like respecting the lore of a cartoon network show (laughs) remember there was a a fairly odd parents movie with that's it yes yeah two two of them that's another one they did sequel for it too jeez what? Oh my gosh, man. And Cosmo and Wanda looked fucking gross in that movie. Maybe maybe movies should die. Maybe Hollywood should <laughs> die. Maybe this is all for the best. Wait, let me see this live. Because I, I, I remember it, but I gotta um I gotta remind myself how bad it looked. The so Ben Ten me... live action movie is streaming on HBO Max. Oh dude, so I, that's, I know, know what I'm gonna they know cinema. <laughs> Dude, I know what I'm doing after the pod. I'm going to watch that immediately. Ben 10, uh, <laughs> Race Against Time, 2007. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm t- that was hyped. I remember um, back when it was coming out. Like Everyone was like, oh my god. what? And they didn't show what the aliens would look like in the promo material. They were all like... Uh, it was all very secretive. Like, what's this sailing going to look like? How, what aliens is going to use on his watch? And they like, followed JJ Abrams mystery box. Yeah. It was the mystery box effect. Definitely. And the answer to the question was, it looks fucking awful, but uh, <laughs> it was still fun to go, go with that mystery. The entire movie. Yeah, Drake I, Bell is Timmy Turner. looks like a fever dream nightmare. Did you guys hear about Drake Bell like running away to Mexico? No. Are you kidding? Okay, so Drake Bell, it was apparently because he was like accused of some things and it just like happened to align with like the timing of that. Um, but he found out that he had like a lot of fans. Let me just find out like the exact thing. He found out that he had a lot of fans. I believe it was in Mexico. Um, so he Drake Bell like, changed his name to Campana. Yeah, I was about to say Spanish. I'm looking yeah. at his Twitter right now and it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he, yeah. He, um, what in the world is happening? <laughs> and he started like releasing songs in Spanish 
and Bro, um what is this yeah and he was um he was a- accused of abuse in august 2020 so yeah oh, he basically oh, ran away I, to mexico I remember that. yeah he was like yeah. a wife beater or something or a girlfriend yeah beater. he legitimately had... ran away to mexico and changed his name like <laughs> whoa what <laughs> he did how do I have this podcast and I just all of this flew over yeah. my radar? Like I had no no idea about any of this. Why did he rebrand as a Spanish language musician? <laughs> literally world? to escape. That's literally the funniest thing I think of. I mean, not the whole running away part, but the Why is his Twitter bio CEO of Taco Bell? What? Uh, <laughs> That's a uh, Oh, wow. Mm. The thing no. is, like, a little Mexican emoji in his fucking name. Like, yeah. it's cute. Uh-huh. That, um, that's fucking really... Great. I've always gotten, po- like, post-Drake and Joss, I've always gotten, like, really bad vibes from him. Like, yeah. that entire feud he went through with Josh, because he was so Even upset that... Josh, though. Josh is, like... <sighs> He was, like, kind of funny on Vine, but, like, I just think that, like, the whole... I don't know how you guys feel about, like, the Dobrik thing, or if, like, that's too young for us. But, like, the fact that, like, it's, like, him, like, the old guy, and then, like, a bunch of, like, 20-year-olds, like, hanging out, and they, like, make content for children. It's, like, weird to me. That's super creepy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I don't really know much about it. I I know he's, like, very... I mean, I know he got, like, a lot of his, like, 2010 fame on Vine, like you mentioned. Yeah. And, um, you're, I mean, they, they kind of, like, stopped being funny after he got, like, sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I then mean, I just as, kind all, of, as all Vines were. Exactly. Um, and I still respect... There's some Viners that, like, I didn't realize were on TikTok, and I found a bunch of them this past, like, mm-hmm. month, and I... Uh, uh, I'm loving it, but um, yeah, Josh was one of those ones where I enjoyed it at first, but he just fell off completely, and I don't really keep up with him anymore. Like, I hadn't followed him along the social medias. Yeah. Although... I think it's also, like, when, oh, when like, people are, like, zillennial celebrities, and I think it's like this, too, when people are, like, child stars, and they're, like, adults now, like, it's, like, they can almost only find fame with, like, the audience that knew them when they were younger, Mm-hmm. And um, like they like some of them just don't break out obviously, and it's like they'll like resurface if they like literally just like quote the show that they were on, or yeah. like that's if like Josh the whole point of like, cameo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I yeah. mean, and that's why I'm like not the one to like. I don't know. Like, I don't want to like demonize or any or like talk down on Josh Peck or anything. I mean, again, I don't really, I'm not up to date with his stuff or whatever, so I can't fully comment on it. But, like, if, you know, if he's, like, struggling to, like, you know, get money, like, do what you gotta do at the end of the day. Well, that's that's what I was gonna say, is, like, it's hard. It's hard because, like, yeah. at a certain point, you just have to make a living. Yeah. And you can either keep trying to work in the entertainment industry or not. Which and like that has been proven. It's hard to do that when you're. I mean, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is proof of that. Like, it's yeah. hard to break away from a certain image of a role that you played as a kid. Like, it's hard for yeah. anyone to take you seriously. After so, that. 
my um, my sister had um, Devin Workheiser speak at her school. Uh, Ned from Ned's Declassified. Who is a socialist <laughs> on social media now, which I love. Yeah, yeah, he's a calm dad. <laughs> Um, he talked his, essentially his talk was about how, like, sometimes you just don't have a job, like you just have to figure shit out, you know, and that's, there's a whole subsection of, of people in the entertainment industry, especially like people who've worked as children and are now adults who just don't get consistent work. And like, that's part of it. And it's not easy. It's fucking hard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just like going off that, like I'm trying to, because th- like the, the Sprouse twins are two that I think are doing pretty well right now, all things considered. Like, uh, I know, I can't, I, I, I feel shitty for saying this, but I don't know if they're two separate, like if the one that's on Riverdale was the same one that was on in the the cancer movie, not the cancer movie, the the one I that think, Kira liked. I think that's yeah. Cool. I think it was the one, that, the one that I like. Yeah. Um, the the illness it was the movie. Same one. Okay, yeah. well, um, he's obviously doing very well for himself. He's in consistent projects, and um, they're both funny as fuck on Twitter right now. Like they're they're con- and not funny like in the I'm Zach and Cody kind of way. Like they're funny like as they're genuinely funny. And, um, but like on the flip side, like, have we heard from Miranda Cosgrove in like at all? I think it's also though, like, you can't really measure their, um, like, cause I know that I follow like Mara Wilson on Twitter, who was Matilda and she very much just wants to like do her own thing and gets kind of annoyed when people bring up Matilda or being a child actor to her because like it's very valid for her to feel that way um and just like the whole thing of like oh like you didn't you don't look like you used to and it's like okay well I was literally like seven years old and now I'm like 30 (laughs) so like there's that whole thing and then it's like um I don't know, like, also, like, even Jogia or whatever from Victorious, he's really funny on TikTok. I think some somebody, like, asked him, like, about, like, a plot line on Victorious or something, and he was, like, literally anything could have happened on that show. I don't remember. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, they were all on crack. Yeah. Um, I mean, look at the tea on Zoe 101. Like, everyone was, like, high or sleeping with each other or yeah like something. Like that's another ever... thing too is like it could have been a very depressing and toxic environment and people probably don't want to be like reminded of it sometimes because yeah. child stars are treated like garbage i mean i don't but... want to say like disney wasn't probably toxic too but some of the stuff that's resurfaced about nickelodeon productions like especially with like all the dan schneider shit like mm-hmm. yep i was just about to say that yeah like that's that's that shit's no joke and it's deeply cons- and it's yeah. really hard because you know like drake and josh was like i think above like any movie we talk about any other show or piece of media we talk about drake and josh was like maybe one of the most influential things in my childhood that developed my sense of humor today and i feel like a lot of people feel that way yeah, and yet it's, and yet it's really hard to rewatch even clips of it and not think about the dan schneider of it all 
Especially if his name comes up at the end of every episode. And the beginning, the beginning and the end. Like it's it's yeah. really hard. Like to Or to like watch watching it. like the Amanda show and he's like in it. <laughs> right. Oh, like, yeah. We can we can circle back to the the Ricky Ullman thing. You never you <laughs> never told me what happened with Ricky Ullman. Um I could well I, I think he just had like a meltdown or something. Hold on. Ricky Ullman yeah, I don't know. Like he just had like um he he went through like a lot of um mental shit and like he uh I don't like I don't actually know the uh exact reasons. I just uh I was genuinely asking you earlier, like if you know Oh gotcha. But I know he went through a bunch of shit. And um I think it was like during the last season of Fell of the Future, because if you remember, that season was cut short. Like shorter because I remember like when people were like when it was happening and then like, it was like, it's the series finale. And everyone was like, wait, what? Like there's, <laughs> yeah, there's no build up. That yeah. show was amazing. That was an incredible show. I, do you have so underrated. I have no idea what that is. Fiddle the future. Oh, Phil the future. He's oh, 22nd century man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't follow it. Um, wow. I didn't like recognize his name when you were talking about it. Um, I like didn't really like follow it. I feel like it was on like in the mornings on Disney Channel, was it not? Um, or like early afternoon. Like, I remember yeah. I we'd have to like record it because like it was always on when I was still on the bus. Because I, re- yeah. I distinctly remember like I would get off the bus of school and then I would only mi- I would only like see the ending of an episode. And then Zach and Cody would be coming on, like, when I finally sat down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I like sleepovers. Yeah. Sorry. I like sleepovers, and we'd, like, wake up and be eating breakfast like it was always on. It co-starred Evan Peters. Wait, who did he play? Yeah, he played, like, I don't even remember, but I'm just, like, looking at clips of it right now, and I'm like, oh, yep. He played, like, The Friend or something. Uh, Orlando Brown was in there. Everybody was. <laughs> oh yeah, Evan Peters was the weird kid, like the really weird, like in every episode. Yeah. Was and that the one where, with like the sister? The stepsister. She wasn't a stepsister, but she was like Kim. Like she was the weird, uh, not weird, but like she was smarter than everyone, and like I don't know, like she no, yeah, like she... where they were like dating or whatever. I don't think it was they like. Were... What so. show was that? Was that no, oh, that was um, Life with Derek. Oh, okay. I was thinking of Life with Derek then. I wasn't thinking of Phil the Future. Phil the Future is literally one where they're from the future and they have like a time traveling machine <laughs> and they travel back to 2005, is it? Mm-hmm. And um, they have to live among the, the commoners. And, yeah, and their machine breaks and they have to like build, they have to like buy a house and like enroll in school and get jobs but and but they're they're like like the history books never taught us that like and they're like so but it's it's actually a pretty decent sitcom like for a d for uh what do we call yeah. uh, decoms for movies but D-cos, what do we call it yeah, yeah. Uh, um that's what I, I, mean, I it wasn't it wasn't quite on the level of like lizzie mcguire or sweet life or even right. like that's so raven or hannah montana 
Um, but it so was it wasn't close. any of the good ones, but it was. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was my. It was my. It was my like little... a like a B show, not like an A show. It was That's like a what, B show. Well, I actually do equate it with Life with Derek, which was not even a, a D. It, that wasn't a D cost. I don't think that was a uh, Life with Derek was a Canadian show that um, Disney rent. I think literally rented the rights yeah, to. Syndication. Yeah, syndication. Thank you. Yeah, like. Um, <laughs> I mean, did you ever watch that show, Ernie? Uh, I like must have. I must have caught it, but it, I don't think it made much of an impression on me. It's the only because it's a very basic like family sitcom, and it was interesting because it was pretty much the only DCOS on the air at that time that didn't have a laugh track, which was kind of refreshing. Um, but the thing that I think people that like it consistently has it's brought up on twitter a lot is because of the sexual tension between the step siblings yeah and that yeah, show that's what, yeah i mean it and, and like watch one episode it's like you know the fold uh, folgers commercial that comes out every year where it's like the sexual tension between the brother and sister mm-hmm. like uh he's like you're my present this year like yeah that's every episode of life with Derek. like that's every episode <laughs> um and they i think they made a movie they made like a movie about it a few years ago like they did a <laughs> reunion movie where they if i'm not mistaken they ended up together at the end no way dude why i can't i'm pretty sure that's true or like they at least addressed the romance or something but it was extremely creepy um Mm-mm. Yeah, that that movie is that movie. I mean, that show in general is like, oh my god, it, it's the weirdest show. It's if I if I had to pick like one all time Disney Channel show, it would be Even Stevens though. Even like, Stevens that is the goat, the best. Yeah. Are you all gonna cover the Even Stevens movie? I I was just about to bring it up. Probably eventually. Um. Why is yeah. that one you want to come back for? Um, maybe, yeah. I okay. sent here a whole <laughs> list of, of things that I uh, would be willing to do. You want to talk about DCOMs that I remember watching the night they aired? That's one of them. Like I remember sitting on my living room floor, like counting down the minutes to when the Even Stevens movie premiered, and I remember when and where I was that moment. Like that was the that was a premiere for me. Um, I guess if I had to pick one decos, oh, may I, I guess Sweet Life would probably yeah. be mine. Sweet Life was, oof. yeah, that was one of those where it's like every single episode was just like so memorable. Yeah. I mean, even just, I mean, like those characters are like so iconic. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Mr. Mosby, Irwin, like just so many different, um, great characters, like. London Tipton is like one of the most yeah. memeable characters ever. Um, <laughs> like in, um, I didn't really, I watched a little bit of Sweet Life on Deck, but like I, I, I feel like that was around the time I fell off of like just kids media in general. And I kind of went on Yeah. and went on. I mean, I started watching CW shows. So it wasn't really <laughs> I feel like there, the but... spinoff shows were never like great. Well, didn't like the, didn't on deck have Debbie Ryan and stuff at it? Like they had it all yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, and Mr. Mosby came on weird... like every now and then. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. 
I, I think it's, like, interesting, though, because, like, I currently and am constantly watching Frasier, and I've never watched Cheers, and I personally think that Frasier is the best show ever made, and I don't think I'll ever watch Cheers, and it's weird when, like, people from Cheers come back, um, and I don't have that context, and I'm, like, literally, if kids were, like, watching, because I feel like Sweet Life on Deck was, like, literally, like, another generation to me, so it's, like, if kids were, like, watching that without the context of, like, having seen all of Sweet Life, Zack and Cody, like, that's so weird when, well, like, people would, like, come back. Well, like, as I, I, at least in my mind, I'm not even checking Wikipedia, but, like, Sweet Life was, like, 2004, 2008, I believe. Like, or at least around that time frame. And I know Sweet Life on, Sweet Life on Deck, like, went well over 2010, like, at least 2011, 2012. And then they had, like, mm-hmm. two movies. Like, they had, like, two Sweet Life movies. And I think there was, like, a final movie that, like, wrapped up the shows and the movies. And they, they wrapped it all up. Um, but I don't... Like, it's so weird to me that, like, there are people out there that watched all seven, eight years of that entire media. Like, the movies and the shows. <laughs> because I never watched either of the movies. And I remember being a pretty big fan. It's, like, um, six years worth of shows you know which is like as long as a lot of shows do run but when you're a kid you know that's like an eternity yeah i mean and it's i was thinking about like how um nickelodeon had like the best of both both worlds with like um they had like an equal amount of like cartoons and live action shows that were equally popular but disney had way i mean they had cartoons but it was mostly live action where they got their money um because really at the top of my head the only disney channel shows that were animated that i can think of like um phineas and ferb was a big one for me mm-hmm. um which i didn't even get to see all i only saw like two seasons of it before i like kind of got off you know of Di- uh, disney channel but like it was America- like disney xd also though yeah i mean that was where they put a lot of their animated stuff right and i I mean, I, I watched American Dragon Jake Long a lot when I was a kid. That was a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember any others, like from Disney Channel, like animated wise. Like, I don't know. So it seems like, it seems like such a big divide in media. And I like how we were talking about Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off and we got all the way down here. The other, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say, you know, in terms of like these child actors sort of like struggling with their um, post Disney careers is uh, our guy, Eddie Taylor ball one and done. Yeah. He just, he just did Eddie's million dollar cook off and he was out. That's it. So maybe that's good for him. You know, you make your money, you cash in, you cash out. Well, I'm trying to. I want to see if he has like a uh, social media presence at all. Like, I mean, even so, I bet it was a stage name, like Taylor Ball. Like, I'm sure that's not his. Yeah. Given name in these. Uh, Taylor Baseball. Right. I mean. <laughs> so no, it's uh, I think Taylor Meatball, Ernie, because he he transits like he he's he's a cook now. Um. He but, actually does have a Twitter. 
Oh, uh, does he? At TaylorBall87. He only has 800 followers. Taylor, well, come on. Come on the pod, man. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> His cover photo is a, is a photo of corn dogs. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love this guy, man. What okay, if we just like, sent a bunch of Twitter followers his way and we made him just Twitter famous? He, I, he hasn't tw- he hasn't tweeted since 2014. Damn. Wow. I I believe he works at Jimmy John's, it says. What? Yeah, like there's a picture because there's two different pictures of him in a Jimmy John's uniform. I mean, maybe he continued his cooking career. No, that's that's what I like to believe. Yeah, he's he a just... subway. He's a subway artist, or not subway? <laughs> what am I saying? Sandwich artist. A yeah. Sandwich artist. <laughs> well, like he's um, I, I like to believe that maybe on the set of this movie, he developed a genuine passion for it, and you know, good for you, Taylor. <laughs> I want to see if he has a more active like uh, Instagram, like. But I so this is so wholesome. I'm just like looking at his photos on his Twitter, and it's like this guy made it, you know? He's living the life. Yeah, I can't find his Instagram. Like, I don't think he has one. Damn, I don't know. Like, I want to see how he's doing now. Like, I want (laughs) to, I want to keep up with him. Like, I want to thank him for Eddie's million dollar cookoff. Uh, yeah, genuinely, like. I hope hell? he's proud of his work. I mean, I hope he doesn't regret what he did or what he did. I feel for like it's us. kind of the type of thing that like flew under the radar enough that like he could get through his everyday life. But like one person, like every few weeks, will come up to him and be like, "Yeah, hey, Eddie," <laughs> or people <laughs> or, like, just see stare him at cooking. him and they're like, I, yeah. "I know you, man." Yeah, while he's like making their sandwiches, they just like stare at him and are like, "Oh." <gasps> That's where I know you from. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Eddie, I haven't heard that name in 80 years. <laughs> Eddie Dogs? Oh my god, I would kill. I would never. Dude, Eddie Dogs look so fucking good. I would, like, no. I would kill to get an Eddie Dog right now. <laughs> um, you could do that. <laughs> I could do it. You know what? You just inspired me. I'm going to, as soon as we're done recording, I'll go up. Uh, I'm going to throw on <laughs> some uh, Ben 10 on HBO Max and oh make God. an Eddie dog. <laughs> you know, now that I'm remembering my childhood, when I came home from school, I would make myself some stank-ass hot dogs yep. with some ketchup and some mustard and some crushed chips. I would yep. crush up some potato, potato chips and Sprinkle them on. Mmm. Underrated. That and crunching chips on sandwiches is a little cannon. Just putting Doritos on a a sandwich is like just disgusting. That's some shit that I feel like we all did as kids. But Kira's looking at me in in disapproval, so I don't know if she can agree with that. (laughs) I would put like potato chips on sandwiches and things like that. I just like, I don't like bad with like textures and when he was just throwing all those like onions and shit and like mustard and like being messy i'm just like absolutely not well I'm that's good. what i was saying earlier like it's it it looks disgusting but for some reason i want to try it 
<laughs> like, I don't know why. I just, I feel compelled to try his food. Like, I want to see if maybe he can make me see things his way. Like, I want to understand <laughs> the Eddie yeah, way. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's just like Ratatouille. You know, you bite into it and you see your childhood and you're taken back. Wasn't he, he was making Ratatouille at one point in the kitchen, was he not? Was he? Like, at nighttime when his dad was, like, coming down the stairs, he was, like, slicing eggplant and making, like, layers. That was Ratatouille. Oh. You, you, wow. I, you caught something I didn't. I, I don't Cinematic know. parallels <laughs> between... I mean, this movie came early. out... This movie came out four years before Ratatouille. You remember so, the oh my teaser God. in front of Ratatouille for Wally? It's, like, in, in summer of 1990-something... Brad Bird and I had a conversation where we planned out the next few years of Pixar. So <laughs> Ratatouille was on the table for a lot of years. It's very plausible. Okay. <laughs> like they, and there's Easter eggs for all the future Pixar movies in each previous Pixar movie. So different I mean, divisions. Just, just go back and watch all the scenes where Eddie is wearing a baseball hat. <laughs> and zoom in <laughs> real close. There is a rat there. <laughs> What's a live act? Because you know, one day they're going to start doing live action remakes for Pixar movies which, uh, mm-hmm. when they when they run out of Disney. Movies. Please don't. And they're going to make a Ratatouille movie with a disgusting photorealistic <laughs> Remy. And I want to. No, they're and just going to make the Ratatouille musical instead. Remy the Ratatouille. <laughs> one of my best friends. Oh, that's amazing. No, that's a that's actually. The, I wish I came up with that. That's actually. Oh, there's an entire Ratatouille musical, like composed, written, and directed, like collectively by I, TikTok users. Wow. I wish I was making it up. You're blowing my mind <laughs> right now. My one of my best friends, uh, Nikki, who listens to the show, she's obsessed with uh, Ratatouille culture. She has all the Funko Pops. She knows every line. She literally watches it once a week. It's like insane. Um, Ratatouille culture. No, but like you'd be surprised. Like she taught me things I didn't know. I knew about myself through Ratatouille. Um, but like she showed me some of the Ratat, like she informed me on the Ratatouille musical, and I'm kind of blown away that it's happening or it's gonna yeah. happen. And the Epcot thing that they're doing right now—that's yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm. Uh, is it? Yeah. It's not open yet, is it? No, I think Nothing's it got delayed. Open, Adam. <laughs> no, we're in Florida. Everything's open when it shouldn't be. Open up. True. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, Ernie, do you have any final notes or final thoughts on Eddie? Um, I enjoyed watching this movie. I thought that it was going to be a little bit of a of a bore because mm-hmm. you know it's like, why am I an adult watching a movie for children? <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> but. It genuinely was a fun little time, and it made me think about uh, identity and gender roles and misogyny and, you know, toxic people being uh, opened up to to thinking a little bit more, um, you know, tolerantly and, and acceptingly. So I recommend it. Check it out. Yeah, um, I feel pretty much the same way i mean i didn't know how it would hold up um but like most decoms this runs like just a little bit under 90 minutes i think uh so it's a pretty easy watch 
um, doesn't overstay its welcome, and it's just uh, incredibly fun, and I think genuinely one of the more like thought-provoking and message-driven decoms that's out there, and I'm genuinely glad that I revisited it. Like I, I think I actually enjoyed watching this one more than I did the Cheetah Girls last week. Like I, I, I really still like this movie, like genuinely. So uh, it gets the Zelenial approval for me. Uh, how about you, Kira? <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. Um, like I said, like the only thing I knew about it was Bobby Flay being in it. Um, and I think it's really cute. And it's like not outdated in any way. Like I feel like kids could get a lot of like a lot out of this now because it's like a super easy watch, especially with like the rise of like food TV again. I feel like like food TV and especially food competition TV is really popular right now. So I think it'd be really cool. If, like, I don't know if they like show this on TV. I mean, obviously it's on like Disney Plus. So that's cool if like kids could watch it but yeah i liked you know, it you know how netflix has like the top 10 and then um just like the most random mid-2000s movie is trending on the top 10 that week for no reason at all i mm-hmm. wish disney would have that too and then one day i just see eddie's million dollar cook-offs trending. <laughs> like well the kids i think of they America had that i think they had that because i remember on launch day they yeah. were trying to get mr boogity trending well they got like, rid of they, it I, and, yeah. and I like I like to think they got rid of it for Mr. Boogity. Like they, they were like, we, <laughs> we can't let them win. We can't let them have this. their impact. <laughs> their impact. <laughs> the Twitter users' impact. Oh man. I hope that all you kids, all you gamers out there listening, um, go in the kitchen, have some fun. You know, give it a whirl, give it a try. Whip up a a pot and a pan, a spoon and a ladle. <laughs> And see what you just can cook do. Just cook up, cook up a pot and pan. Just, just make one. <laughs> that sounded eerily similar to the WAP lyrics. <laughs> like I, <laughs> but I agree. I think if there's anything to take away, it's like you know, even if you know, regardless if you're into cooking or not, just be yourself, do your thing, do whatever you're interested in, regardless of what uh, people think of it. Just follow your dreams and it'll all be i was gonna say a-okay but that's the wrong pod so never mind and if your (laughs) dreams somehow align to providing sustenance for yourself for survival yeah that's good too yeah why don't everyone everyone out here just go learn how to fry an egg like please for the love of god like it'll save your life it'll open up so many romantic opportunities like it'll set you up for survival like just learn how to fry an egg please. i mean kira's speaking just crack hand. an I... egg you don't have to fry it just learn how to crack an egg kira has told me before the most romantic thing in the world is an egg like that's it, it's true like that when have really i said is. that never i'm just speak i think more it's like a bagel or something like <laughs> i just eat an egg every day <laughs> um i think if we have to circulate back we're gonna do tenet we have to go back to the beginning of this discussion I asked the question, Bella's is a gated cook? No? No. Nope. Yes? Maybe. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you like it. That's and it. if it that's is, me. that's okay. That's okay. It's cool. <laughs> uh, so, um, Ernie, thank you so much for being on, man. Of yeah, course. Man. Of course. Um, you can check out We Bought a Mic on all your podcast platforms. My wonderful uh, co-hosts, 
will also be joining the Zillennial crew for their own episodes. Um, so I look forward to seeing uh, which episode the listeners like the best. You be the judge. <laughs> um, and I before we... <laughs> well, I want to say also, um, I, I told this to Hunter when he was on AOK, but I want to tell you, like, the only reason I got, like, the courage to start this with Kira is because I was on your pod so much mm-hmm. uh, as a guest. Um, Never forget um, A Wrinkle in Time. That was, you popped my pod cherry that day. Like, you, uh, you know, that's where I got over my anxiety of talking to a mic. And then I actually, like, started, like, craving i'm like oh i want to go back onto a bam and uh sure enough i just had to start my own podcast <laughs> and uh thank you ernie like you you got me into podcasting and that's pretty much why i'm doing what i'm doing today man it's a beautiful story for the ages you know i'm just <laughs> happy to all get of our to listeners be... should thank you as well because <laughs> i'm just happy to get to be a, a little stepstone in the in the the grand wide ranging zillennial canon <laughs> well you are a zillennial and this is our canon <laughs> um, and on that <laughs> would you like you to so plug much. your stuff oh, he already did uh, oh well, he did sorry i zoned out for me, a second you can follow me at calderness on twitter all right uh, if you want to see any of my uh, spicy hot takes on the yeah. 2020 film Mank. There we go. That's what we need. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Adam underscore not Sandler, my other podcast, the Aggressively Okay podcast. Um, still going strong, still beating Joe up each week. Uh, <laughs> still gonna fucking murder him one day, so that's fun. Um, otherwise, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see what we do here in the coming weeks. I'm actually pretty excited for the lineup. So, yeah. Yeah. Good lineup. Yeah. You can follow me on Twitter at garlic emoji. Um, yep. That's me. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Zillennial Canon. Rate and review us on Apple. Um, and yeah, that's the pod, y'all. <laughs> All right, guys, stay cooking. Follow Bobby Make sure you beat Bobby Flay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, follow Bobby Flay on Twitter.